Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And live. we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, <laughs> Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> so gentle. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Daniel. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Dude, I am happier than a horse named George eating grass early in the morning. You thought about that before this, didn't you? I sure did. It was beautiful. You, you it, was po- it was just like poetry coming from your mouth. Yes, sir. Thank you. If you would have had a twinge of a southern accent while you said it, though, I probably would have started crying. I'm happier than a horse named George eating grass with dew on it in the morning. <laughs> Josh, I'm surprised you remembered what he Mullet. said. Uh, it's only because it actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> right next to his porch, there's just this little spotted horse grazing like a cow. Josh, are you going to get the opportunity to go horseback riding at any point in your state? Uh, uh, if I if I do, it's not going to be on George because George is not a horseback riding horse. No. Do that. That's not in his contract. No, he's uh he's an eating grass and hanging out and <laughs> pointing and watching him. Sometimes bringing the occasional carrot and apple out to him, horse. But he is not a horseback riding horse. <laughs> if grass tasted good in any way, that sounds like the life. <laughs> Dude, he is not. True, he literally looks like Donkey from Shrek, but he's a different color. Does he speak like Donkey from Shrek? No, he speaks more like that dragon from Mulan. He's he's a talent dude. He's a talented voice actor. Young man. And, and and when he was a young man, he was a talented one. When I was at work the other day, there was a lady who referred to me as young man the whole time. The young man, come here. And then as we were talking, she kept calling me young man. I don't know what impression or like what feeling you guys get when someone calls you young man, but for me, it's like. It's like one of the most insulting things you can call me. <laughs> young man. I think they you just want to – I feel like it's a very controlling thing to say. Like I'm your Maybe. authority. I'm your parent. I'm your teacher. You know, in the pop culture world today, it's young blood. Young blood? What's going on, young blood? You are the resident pop culture aficionado. Speaking of which, what do you think of Taylor Swift's new album? Uh, you mean the song? I was like, I've actually heard this before, but I'm really enjoying it, but I feel like I shouldn't be enjoying it. Dude, it, I thought it was so bad. It, I mean, I'm telling you, it is – I'm scared. I'm very mm. scared, and I I feel like she's lost it. This is her Miley Cyrus swinging on a ball. It's been a long time since someone has called me young man. Yeah, it would be, it would be a little shocking. People tend to think that I'm like way older than I am, probably because I'm losing my hair. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that was a very like existential crisis moment for you. <laughs> we have a solitary topic uh, for this morning's mini app, and just so the throng knows, I submitted three three topics last <laughs> night, and I just feel like they should know. I just feel like they should know. And this morning, two of them were struck down by my co-hosts, who generally don't like have. Who generally down like younglings by mm, Anakin Skywalker. Mm, who who generally don't have the power to strike down such apps, but 
in my graciousness, I have allowed it. So, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so we will, we will, and we will not even release the uh, the aforementioned topic headings. But if you tweet the exchange pod, I will release them. So, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the Bible, how a Christian should read it, and how a Christian can read it well. Maybe just some tips from your guys' personal experience with reading the Bible. Josh, uh, let me just get your introductory thoughts on the topic. One quote that I have kept in mind from a professor I had at Northland was that the Bible is literature. It's more than literature, but it's certainly not less than literature. And so if you approach it, uh, if you don't approach it as literature, you're going to miss a lot of what it's trying to do. And that there really is like a central plot, a central conflict, a resolution to that. Read it in light of that overarching plot and conflict and resolution. Good thoughts, man. Um, we'll we'll come back to you. Uh, let me let me get Daniel's thoughts. Well, Josh, I, Josh, wow. Well, Alex, I would say if you ever want to do something well, you should start out by doing it, and that most often than not is the hardest part about reading the Bible well. So I'll start there. Good thought, man. Good thought. Um, boys, what are some things that have helped you uh, personally with reading the Bible? So I think, just going back to what I was saying about the overarching plot, be aware of where you're at in the story. Hmm. Um, so don't be reading, don't be reading, uh, you know, a certain chapter or a certain verse outside of its overarching context. So if you're reading, you know, for instance. Um, First Samuel, you need to ask, you know, what has come before this? What is going to come after this? And how does this fit into it? But not even just like narrative, even even like for instance Proverbs. Like how does Proverbs function? It's the uh, it's the wisdom of the son of David um, given to given to the covenant people so that they might better understand how to live in God's world. And so in that sense, it's messianic wisdom. Yeah, that 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 was a huge help for me too. Um, and, and if, uh, if the reader or if the listener has trouble kind of grasping the overarching story, uh, where would you direct them as far as maybe like a supplemental book they could read? Um, I would say there's a new book, 16 verses, the story of the Bible in 16 verses or something. Like that. Uh, well, there's, there's 16 down. verses and there's 16 words, Josh. There's two. Yeah. So 16 verses came first. <laughs> But I would say that's a that's a really good place to start. If you want something a little bit uh, a little bit more in depth, I would say Graham Goldsworthy's trilogy uh, is is a fantastic place to take a second step, you know, into the deeper end of the pool. It's just called trilogy. Yeah, just type in, just go to Amazon, type in Graham Goldsworthy trilogy, and you'll see his three books. Oh, okay. What are the titles of the the books? Let me look it up. A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and... (laughs) They've actually been adapted before our time, but still a relevant adaption. His trilogy is the gospel, the gospel in kingdom, the gospel in words, and the gospel in revelation. So I would say say start there, and then Christ in the Covenants by him also. I've read Christ in the Covenants. I've read Christ in the Covenants for a class. And I've read part of the gospel and the kingdom too. And he, he's really accessible. Christ and the covenant seem to be a little bit higher than the other ones, but, um, a book that really kind of opened up this topic for me, 
Um, even though I don't know if I, t if I agree with his ultimate assessment of like the, the direction of the scripture, uh, is God's glory and salvation through judgment by Jim Hamilton. 40 questions about interpreting the Bible. I feel like I'd, that's just a very easy slice of cake to eat, but just, just to stay simple that that one is very simple. I mean, I think even a junior high kid could read it and do well. We're all going to be kind of different, but there are sort of universal tips on on reading the Bible well. Discipline and community. I don't think you can read it well without yep, I agree. Per like being purposeful about it, like actually doing it, but then also doing that within the experience of talking to other people about it, which which usually is your church. The Bible is always intended to be read in a congregation. Which is why Paul writes to churches, which is why Revelation is written to a church. And and even the first chapter ex expects it to be read out loud. If you start out by reading 15 verses or a chapter or two chapters a day, that's simply not enough. At least when you start reading a book, you really need to read the whole book at least once. And a professor once told me to read it five times before I even start to study it in parts. And Alex, it will blow your mind how helpful it is to read a, a book all the way through at least two times. I think it puts a lot of pieces together. You start to see words that are repeated. You start to see themes. You start to see um, categories and lists. And it makes so much more sense than if you just approach something right off the bat with, I'm just going to read a chapter a day. I'm doing uh, my personal Bible study in, in the book of Hebrews right now. Um, so I've read the book through uh, several times, and now I'm reading chapters 12 and 13, which are the application sections, every day. And then I'm reading different chapters from the rest of the book. So I'll read like two chapters. I'm trying to understand now how the application section relates directly to the theology section at the beginning. Um by by reading it like that, I'm going with it. I found it I found it to be incredibly helpful, and also just because I, I don't know, like I feel like in my experience I've had times where I'm just uh, really drained from the first half of these books that mm. are just so jam packed with this really rich and good theology, but I didn't just like just just tell me what to do, you know. And so I found that if you read those theology sections paired with the practical sections daily it becomes very refreshing and uh very applicable and helpful good thoughts boys um how would how would you guys tackle a difficult book like ezekiel or isaiah and read those books i think those books tend to be uh the least perused books in the scripture um <laughs> Or, you know, like Leviticus, how would you tackle how would you tackle a difficult book like that? Well, I, I would say, Alex, Leviticus has picked up quite the sexy reputation you know, these last few years. Like in name only, though, like people say, like, I love Leviticus, but do they really like are they actually reading it? I don't know. I think I think it's just cool to say that I'm doing my devotion. I'm doing my family devotions with my kids out of Leviticus. I think that's just cool to say nowadays. Super cool. Dude, side story. Is that OK? Yeah. Is it okay. Unlike unlike my co unlike my co-host, I don't seek to censor the podcast. And you know what, Alex? That's what we love about you. That's what we love <laughs> That's about what I'm here you, for, man. That's what I'm here for. Dude, there was one time when I went to the dining hall at the university to get breakfast, 
And there was somebody there who was on staff, very young person, like he was my age and he was on staff. And I remember that he was talking to a visiting like pastor, like really young guy, really hipster, like whatever. And he was so excited. He's like, dude, this guy does his devotions out of Augustine's works. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, does he still read the Bible? And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. But he does his devotions out of Augustine's works. And I was like, wow. Why is that so exciting? Yeah. <laughs> like, that makes no sense. I think there was one point in my life when I, I – uh because I was in Bible school and I was reading the Bible every day and I had classes on like every book of the Bible and I felt like I was becoming super acquainted with it. And for some reason, Oh, we just lost Daniel. He'll be back for some reason, like church history and like Christian devotionals from church history were kind of presented to me. Like it was level two, you know, like once you, once you graduate, then you go into this kind of stuff. And uh, so I think that's kind of where Dino's like where that guy might have been coming from. But do you, do you guys feel like you've experienced that or no? What do you think? Uh, I think I did in school. Not 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 really anymore. Alex, what about you, man? Because you're you're basically somehow professionally in the Bible almost every day. It's okay to be all right with. A little bit of time in the scripture you know people are people live uh, busy lives I think we all would say we'd like to read the Bible more um, but sometimes I think Christians can feel guilty about only spending like 10 or 15 minutes um, mm. in something and I think that's okay like I think you shouldn't feel guilty about that um, now I think you know we can find things to cut out of our schedules that will give us more time uh, to read the Bible but even if you just get a 15 minute little reading in i mean i think that would be i think you'd find that to be helpful i would also say that like you know i think people uh can make use of audiobooks better you know the audio bible and stuff but as far as like tips go understand like like what josh was saying like understanding the story but also understanding the genre that you're reading you know yeah. and picking out where poetry is and uh, picking out where, like, prophecy is and trying – and then, like, noticing when a certain genre uses a different genre. Like when Paul goes into poetry, the prophets are doing either poetry or prophetic language. Like I, I'm, I'm teaching First John on Wednesday nights right now, and I, I was reading through the book. And like uh, what Daniel said about reading through the book, it could not be more uh, accurate and helpful. Uh, because you start getting a feel for the entire thing instead of just a feel for the part. Uh, a phrase kept striking me when I read it, and it was, and this is how we know. And he said it, I would say, oh, at least once a chapter, maybe more. And so every time I read it, I underlined it, because I think that's a major yeah. theme in First John, that yeah, he's yes. writing to these believers that they know that they have joy in Christ. The authors weren't just writing rambling letters. They were crafting uh, <laughs> theological. That's, they, that's a very good point, Alex. Yeah, they were crafting theological dissertations. They were, if if he could have been there, he would have preached these to them. So we tend to think that like uh, they just were, they just wrote from beginning to end and then said, "All right, that sounds good." But no, they they were carefully looking at how they were crafting yep. these things, and yep. their their works of art. I mean, it's okay to spend. The majority of your time in your favorite parts of the scripture 
because God's gifted us all differently and we all learn differently. Um, but I think that you should at some, you know, in, in some ways challenge yourself or read, uh, you know, a Jeremiah or something, a Job, read Job, you know, and more than just the first few chapters, like read the discussion that follows. I cannot tell you how many times since I've left a heavenly Christian culture to like, you know, having friends that aren't Christians, a lot of them, how many times the book of Proverbs or something that Paul has said in the epistles or something that Jesus said in a parable, I have been able to use in conver- in normal conversations with normal people who don't even have any sort of religious affiliation. And it has made sense. Um, so be valiant. You know, understand that Jesus isn't just writing this book. God isn't just writing this book because it only makes sense to the Christian or it's only applicable to the Christian. It's applicable to everybody and it can help anybody. And I, and I just seeing that firsthand has been uh, unbelievable. How would you go about instructing or helping or even yourself reading uh, hard books of scripture? My hard books of scripture, I mean, like, how would you go about reading Isaiah or Ezekiel or even a book like Leviticus? Um, Josh, I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, man. Um, so just taking off Leviticus, there was a semester of school that I chose to make Leviticus my devotional reading. <laughs> because I wanted to understand the book. And uh, I mean, it was it was challenging. But what I did was I there was a professor at the school I was at who taught a class on Leviticus and I asked him if we could meet once a week for half an hour to talk about what I was reading. And I would say beyond that, like grabbing sermons from people like Charles Spurgeon or Martin Lloyd-Jones or like the, the Puritans, that kind of era um, is incredibly helpful and incredibly devotional too. Um, but also you know, I read uh, our, our, our church went through the book of Job. And while and that's a hard book, especially in the middle with all the poetry. Yeah. And so our pastor preached through the book. And I would say listening to sermons like that while you read through a book uh, can be very helpful in understanding. But then go beyond that to your, like once you listen to that to understand initially what's at least happening in the chapter and in the book, um, go a step beyond that and continue to read to continue to try to find more uh, in that book because there is more there. And the pastor didn't say everything. Everything that he thinks in the sermon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the first step in that, Josh, is just talking yeah. to your pastors, because not everybody has a professor available, um, and we can't just assume that everyone has a smartphone either. But you know, you can go to the public library and download these sermon files onto a flash drive. Um, I'm sure if you go to a, I just don't want to assume how big the church would be. The point is, I feel like the first step in what Josh is saying is just talking to your pastor about it, and I'm sure they would be more than excited to talk to you about it. More yeah, than excited. I, I will say, man, uh, one of the one of the most helpful things you can do when you're trying to read a book is to read sermons on that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially sermons by guys like Martin Lloyd Jones. Read the guys that yeah. everybody's quoting. The thing about it, man, with sermons is you're getting these high-minded theological minds um, who write very rich and deep books of theology, 
and they're taking bits and making it very practical and very accessible and you have it there for you. I would recommend Martin Lloyd-Jones. Highly recommend Martin Lloyd-Jones reading his sermons. My wife is my wife is reading to air devotions of the Sermon on the Mount right now and reading yep. Martin Lloyd-Jones book on yep. the Sermon on the Mount. Or Mar- his sermons on- Martin Lloyd-Jones, I think I think reading his sermons is better than listening to them. Yeah, his voice is distracting. It's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, you should listen to it. You should listen to it once though, because it, it is interesting. You get the Martin Lloyd Jones app. It's all free there. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I do gotta go, but you guys are free to keep talking. Uh, and I'll just. I gotta go uh, too, guys. Yeah. No, I gotta go mo. So, boys, it's been a good discussion. Uh, I hope our listeners have found this mini app to be helpful. Uh, I think above all, we just want to see. Uh, your love for Christ and the scriptures grow, and I hope this has been helpful to that end. Um, you can check us out at the Exchange Pod on Twitter. Um, subscribe, follow, um, you know, memorize our tweets, as few <laughs> of them as they are. Nice uh, literature. Mm, mm. And uh, for us here at the Exchange Pod, I want to say good night and good luck. <laughs>